from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Smash that subscribe button. Like, I'm hoping to smash some Cigar City Brewing later this weekend. I'll be in Tampa. I got to go to a, uh, well, I don't have to go. I'm looking forward to going to a Junior Canes hockey tournament. <laughs> Twist my arm, you know. Oh, man. It's not like you're going to Schenectady, New York. You know, or, you know uh, what it's called? It's called the Huntsville, Alabama here, Joe. So the iron, actually, there's two ironic things about this hockey tournament that I'm going to for uh, Jacob's team. One is called the Winter Escape in Tampa. Is it with an X? Uh no oh, no that's no. a diff that's a different winter escape. Do you know do you know what the high is tomorrow and Saturday in Tampa? I do not, Joe. Help me out. Fifty. Ooh, in Florida, fifty's fine. That's yeah. hey man, it's shacket weather if you ask me. However, in Florida, fifty degrees, psh, shut it down, shut it down. People are gonna be wearing the Canadian Goose or whatever that big puffy jacket brand is that they wear up in New York with the fur lining. Ugg boots, all that stuff. Other ironic part about this. Boots with the fur, Joe. The other ironic part about this, I looked at the tournament teams. There's a team from Flint, Michigan. Cool. Uh, I think there's a team from Virginia. All right. One of the teams involves the <laughs> the Raptors, who are based in Wake Forest, who are in the league. Is that good or bad? No, it's just funny to me. A little familiarity? It's like, so wait a minute, we're driving all the way down to Tampa to play you? What we could have just done at the factory? What gives? See you at Bush Gardens. Are you going to be able to sneak out? You got a you got a Disney run in you? Uh, I'll let you know. Okay. There's some. I got some. I got some. Tampa. I got some. Wait iron. a second. Yeah, it's in t- it's an hour from Orlando on a good traffic day. I was going to say. But you know me. I'll drive an hour. I I understand that. Ain't a problem. I got I got Ep- I got Epcot rides. I got to ride, man. I haven't done Guardians of the Galaxy yet. I haven't done Ratatouille. Maybe I'll drunk text you from around the world. Have a beer in every country. I've Do done it, it before. And I've done it before. How old are you now? I'll, I'll be 44 in March. 44. And the words that just came out of your mouth were? What? I've got I've got rides I've got to get to. The Guardians of the Galaxy. Ratatouille. Yeah? Sounds awesome. What are we doing, Joe? I could ask you the same thing. <laughs> a grown-ass man putting money on what other grown-ass men are doing. I'm just saying. Mm. You tell me. We all have our thing is what you're saying. Some people uh, watch movies that involve dudes in spandex and shows of dudes in spandex. You put money on it. This is a simple thing. Okay. It's a simple thing. Let's answer some Hey Joe questions. Joe cracked it on. And cartoon rats. Yes. I did see that movie and it was good. Good point. It is a good movie. From Jeff, hey, Joe, with the Big Ten in need of a new commish, what are the chances Jim Phillips hits the transfer portal? (laughs) That would be one hell of a transfer portal news item now, wouldn't it? Yeah, so Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren was on the job for 30 months. I believe that's the amount of time, not even three years. So he's going to go take the job uh, with the Chicago Bears, the president general manager, whatever the, the the job title is with the Bears. This is something, by the way, that's been kicked around for a while now. Uh, and while it's purely speculative, uh, ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips's name also popped up because, you know, he's a Chicago guy. So Jim Phillips was at Northwestern for a long time mm-hmm. and was considered to be the favorite to be the Big Ten Commissioner. 
it was a twist and a turn when Kevin Warren was named the commissioner mm-hmm. back before the pandemic. So would it make a lot of sense if Jim Phillips were to get the Big Ten job in a vacuum? Yes. But in reality, given the direction of the Big Ten and given the attitude of Kevin Warren and given the aggressive expansion and embracing embracing the future of college sports the way that the Big Ten has, yeah, it would be a departure at this point to go to Jim Phillips, who still is kind of stuck in his ways and stuck in the what has what is the past of college sports and not the future people talk about the transfer portal it could just be that jim phillips wants to move into a better gated community he's talked a lot about that yeah maybe that maybe the acc can stay in greensboro if jim phillips decides no. that he can go that was the president's man like that to was, thank new mark that was always the president's and that's the key part that's the key part to keep in mind so i i went to i went to the athletic i was told in his very first meeting he said we're moving the headquarters of the ACC. Because that's what the presidents want, too. you got to remember that Jim Phillips is the commissioner of the ACC because, in my opinion, this is my opinion, there was a – this was the opportunity of the non-old-school ACC, the the old Big East contingent, to be like, all right, this is where we start making our mark on the league and modernizing the league, which is how you get Jim Phillips as the commissioner and the, hey – this guy is gonna, has no attachment to the ACC. We'll have no problems going. Yeah, let's move to Charlotte. You got to remember, presidents. It's like we people get mad at Mark Emmert when he was the NCAA president. You know who we worked for? It's like Roger Goodell in the NFL commissioner yeah. job. You work for the yeah, owners. You, you can be a leader though and have some leadership. I'm not That's assigning fair. blame to Jim Phillips for moving the, the ACC. I don't think mm-hmm. the move matters. Quite frankly, I, I just think the very first thing he did when he came in the door was, "Hey, we're moving." That's fair. That's fair. So. So I went to, uh, I thought, all right, well, who would know if they're going to put like a commissioner's list for Big Ten, you know, Kevin Warren replacements, who would know? Our friend Nicole Auerbach would know. So I went over to The Athletic, and sure enough, they've got a story. Who will replace Kevin Warren? A list of Big Ten commissioner candidates. Guess who's the first name? Yeah. Jim Phillips, for a whole list of reasons that we laid out. To your point, is Jim Phillips the type of forward-thinking commissioner that Kevin Warren was supposed to be? No. Forward-facing. Sorry, forward-facing. Thank you, Jim. The answer to that is, no, he's not. However, two points. Kevin Warren was, for lack of a better term, um, uh, a bit of a mess, okay? Let's never forget in the pandemic he thought that he would, or he would be the front-facing person to be the leader in the space and thought that everybody would follow suit with what happens with canceling the football season only to have the SEC and the ACC go, no, we're not. And they ended up having to backtrack that, and they had a weird convoluted yes, season. But, but, you're holding his initial sins against him. Okay. I think Kevin Warren made up for those initial mistakes. What he did is the future of college sports. Mm-hmm. He diversified his television package, mm-hmm. which leveraged it to the point where now the Big Ten is going to make more than a billion dollars. Yeah per year in their television contract. Mm -hmm. That is in no small part because of the decision to contract it out to to Fox, to CBS, and and to NBC. So don't forget what he did there, which basically NFLized the Big Ten contract. Sounds easy and obvious, but he's the one who came up with it. Also, also, he's the one who went into L.A. Mm -hmm. He's the one who went into L.A. and said, we're going to get USC and UCLA. So, those two moves are bigger, and they're connected, obviously. Those two moves are bigger than anything anything that had happened in a pandemic where, to your point, 
He's new on the job, and he's probably just listening to the presidents who are going, well, we can't play, we can't play, we yeah. can't play, we can't play. Sure. And at that point, all of the other conference commissioners were listening to TV say, you better damn play, otherwise we're turning the lights off. Which gets to my second point about Jim Phillips and why they might seriously consider him despite the fact he might not be so forward-thinking. What's left to lock down? Yeah. Kevin Warren did all the work in the same way that, by the way, Jim Delaney was the first real. He laid the groundwork down for how the conference how the, networks, yes. how the Big Ten laid out their conference network and how the Big Ten went about shorter contracts with television so that they could do these nimble moves that Kevin Warren was able to take advantage of. But now it's taken advantage of and maybe there's and there's a new changeover in presidents in the Big Ten where they might want to bring somebody back in who can do a better job of bringing people together going forward. I know it'd be easy. He interviewed last time. Yeah, 2019. You know who he is, and that's fine. And I think the ACC, quite frankly, I mean, the job requires, in my opinion, someone who has an idea of where the, the college sports is going, not where it's been. And in my opinion... Jim Phillips is stuck in what college sports has been and not what it should be. Might be mu- mutually beneficial. Yeah, if a win-win, these, if you will. Might be mutually beneficial for the ACC and Jim Phillips to have this play out. But we shall see. We shall see. Next up. I got a proposition for you. From Nick, hey, Joe, is what is what's playing out for Cal at Kentucky final proof that it's college football's world and we're just living in it? <laughs> yeah, it's Cal Tucker uh, of The Athletic. Uh, wrote a piece today following what happened in the home loss to South Carolina and how things are pretty ugly for Calipari and Kentucky. And he paints a picture with Cal and Kentucky AD Mitch Barnhart, how they're not even talking, that Mitch Barnhart isn't even going to basketball games. Remember the little kerfuffle when Calipari talked about we're a basketball school? And the context of that rant from Calipari was in relation to upgrading their facilities to keep up with Carolina, Duke, and Kansas, right? And Barnhart, and they've got donations, clearly, a lot of it from former players. Yet, according to Kyle Tucker, Barnhart's been slow walking that. He hasn't necessarily really moved the neat, you know, moved the stuff towards an actual um, facilities improvement. So the relationship seems really damaged. The question now is going to be, how do you find yourself out of a contract with John Calipari? Where he goes somewhere else because I can't see this ending. I mean, they're not going to make the tournament at this rate. Not a good team. It's a shame for uh, Calipari. Like he, the way he started. This is another one of those. You better put stuff in the bank when you need it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That first year, the 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 10 season was the John Wall year. They had the best team in college basketball that year. What did that get them? A loss to West Virginia. A not even a trip to the Final Four. Duke ends up winning it. Then you think about they win it in 12. Cool. They were great. They go back in 15 as an unbeaten team. Unbeaten. Lose to Wisconsin. Oh, look who benefited. Duke. Duke wins it again. Yeah. So instead of having three titles, which he arguably should have, he's got one. And you might say, well, one is enough. And I would tell you at Kentucky, it's not. It ain't Especially enough. if you want to be the uh, Kappa de Tutte at Kentucky. <laughs> if you want to be that guy, then you better have more than just one. <laughs> what New Jersey Italian did you just drop on me? It's the Capo Tutti. Okay. It's the head. It's the head of the mob. I haven't watched enough mob movies. I also didn't grow up in New Jersey. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, 
and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline is Trip Tracy, Valley Sports, Carolina Hurricanes. Trip, what up? What's going on, Joe? You tell me. Last week, we're talking about these Canes that can't lose. Max Uh-oh. Pacioretty's coming back. Everything's awesome. And now uh, the ebbs and flows of the regular season has everybody freaking out again. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's the fine line between winning and losing in the NHL. There's no doubt about that. You know, so when I look at a four-game winless stretch, three of which have been regulation losses, that we hope concludes tonight, why? Um, you know, really, when you look at it, I mean, Piotr Kochetkov, the three games that he's played, he'll mm. be fine. He'll learn from it. He'll be better for it. Uh, but if he had played at the level that he had prior to in December, you probably win all three of those starts against the Rangers, Nashville, and then New Jersey. Um, I think they're trying to round some things out with their third pair. Um, Dylan Coughlin in particular, I thought, unfortunately struggled yeah. uh, against New Jersey. In that four-game segment, you have a game that you probably win 99 out of 100 times with that 64-save performance from UC Saros. Um, so for the most part, I do believe their play has been substantially better than what the results have been. With that being said, uh, with the expectation that Freddie Anderson will return tonight, no better time. Uh, in a game that you, you you have to find a way to come away with two points. Um, I guess the one other thing I'd say, Joe, my friend, would be that, you know, the, the shorthanded play led to two goals against New Jersey on Tuesday. You know, you really have two competing power play units. And as we start the second half in earnest, you know, the power play is going to have to start to get on track because this is when your power play ends up having to be a major weapon and certainly has to be with some of the elite power plays in the league in the postseason. Trip Tracy, Bally Sports, Carolina Hurricanes, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Joe Elvius. I'm Joe Giglio. Trip, you talk about that third pairing. We talk about the goalie. This feels like, you know, Rod Brendamore talks all the time about you got to have the guys 1 through 23 to contribute. And if any of those parts fall off, this this is the situation that happens. The end of that second period against New Jersey on Tuesday night, you know, I, I get it. Uh, Peter Kachekov can play better, but. At some point, the, the the defense in that third pairing needs to play better in front of them. Yeah, I think, and specifically, because I, I think that looking at it, the first half of that game on Tuesday, Jalen Chatfield, who's one of the members of that third period pairing, Joe, I thought he played maybe his 30 best minutes of the year. And, you know, Coughlin just struggled. Um, and then Chatfield's game, I thought, uh, nothing central, but his game fell off as, as well. And they were on the ice for the 3-2 and 3-3 goals. You know, when I look at the crystal ball, because I absolutely believe this team can win, they can match anybody in the National Hockey League, how do they improve um, as we get closer? You know, when things ramp up here in the second half of the year, the trade deadline's part of that is to find what you're looking for in that third pair. Their top four uh, can rival any top four in the National Hockey League. I love the presence, and I love the upside of Chatfield. So whether it's going to be Calvin DeHaan back in the lineup or movement in the next few months to address that, 
you know, I do think that that's an area where Carolina can be better and needs to be better to truly win, you know, go deep and play into June. Uh, so that's an area that I certainly will be focusing on, you know, and it'll be back to Chatfield and DeHaan tonight. In the long-term trip, which goalie who's on the roster right now is the one that the Canes can go furthest into the playoffs with? It's a great question um, because uh, I, I would say Anderson, if he can stay healthy and can shine with regards to mental warfare um, because when he can check both of those boxes, I've seen it. Uh, he can match any goaltender, the elite ones in the National Hockey League, and, and be the better goaltender. Now, when I speak of that, I speak in regular season play, and that's where I factor in the health and the mental warfare that, is, that accompanies it. With that being said, you know, I know Coach Etkoff is going through some teachable moments right now that he'll be better for to become a little bit less predictable. Um, but as much as he wants it, uh, wants the moment, uh, once he, you know, recaptures his game, which he will, I'm very comfortable with Coach Etkoff as well. I, I'm not disregarding Auntie Ranta. Mm-hmm. I just think Auntie at this point is what he is. He's a, he's a team first guy. He's given the Hurricanes a chance to win and has found a way to win on most nights. But when I think about the big picture and I factor in mental capabilities and physical capabilities, You'd love to see Anderson have the strongest health and mental tenure of his NHL career. If he does so, he's, he'd be the guy for me. But I still remain very bullish on Pyotr Kochetkov. Trip Tracy, Bally Sports, Carolina Hurricanes joining us here on the OG. Columbus, the opponent tonight. You can catch that game on the fan. Stormwatch with Adam Gold. Catch the aftermath. And, of course, the Canes Corner podcast brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. We'll close on this trip specific to Peter Kochekov, you know, now that Freddie Anderson is back and, and you've got Ranta and I know the Canes have kept three goalies on the roster before. Do you, do you stash Ranta essentially? Cause for all the reasons that you just laid out, he's a team first guy. He understands his role and that you put Kochekov back against NHL competition. Uh, when you're, you know, going through your normal course of a week, uh, splitting goalie time, or do you send him back to the Chicago to kind of keep him frosty? I guess that's a. I preface my answer by saying, "A, I'm an announcer. I'm not the general manager, yeah. and you know Don has done such a fabulous job, and I'm sure will continue to do so." That being said, what I I think you take it, you know, what about Bob Bob Wiley baby steps? <laughs> okay. You got to get all three guys healthy first. So okay. Anderson hopefully gets through this game. Ranta is not on the trip. It's nothing significant at all from what I'm being told. Mm-hmm. So if you check both of those boxes and you have all three healthy, the fact that Kochetkov does not have to clear waivers and you want you at any position. I mean, I mentioned Coughlin a minute ago. Coughlin's best game of the year for the Hurricanes was fresh off of a conditioning stint in the American Hockey League where he had, a, had had a steady dose of games. So if you get to a point, and hopefully it's soon, where you have all three guys healthy, um, I certainly, again, just being an announcer, nothing wrong with Coach Etkoff not having to clear waivers and his very positive attitude that he always has playing games uh, in the American Hockey League if you need that vehicle. And then as you look at the weeks and months ahead, uh, not being a, a capologist, um, you know, do you, are you able ever to alleviate any type of, 
um, garner some cap relief to be able to address whatever needs the Hurricanes feel that they need to address to improve their team. Mm-hmm. So all those things for me would be fluid in, in however it shakes out. And you're absolutely right. Don Waddell does a great job of balancing all these things. Uh, I don't pretend to know the cap in the NHL, man. I know it's rolling and you know, it's, it's average and all this other stuff. And once we get to the playoffs, all bets are off. But that's another conversation for another day. Trip, enjoy the game tonight. I know uh, Pittsburgh in town on Saturday. It'll be a rocking time on uh, on Saturday night. We will talk to you next week. Sounds good, boys. Have a great rest of your Thursday. Just walked over uh, a minute ago with the coaches in the pouring rain. So mm. hopefully the weather's better down in Raleigh and hopefully a good result tonight. Appreciate it, man. Take it easy. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.